Last Sunday, we start speaking about the seven most destructive weapons against every individual. Now, the Bible described there are three enemies that wants to derail your life, that wants to devour you, that wants to put you in a negative and kill, steal, and destroy your life. That's why you cannot miss a service because there's a word that can transform your life. And uh, now the Bible says it's the world around you. (laughs) The world has so much to pull you in and pull you back and and, uh, all the new kinds of mampur and liquor and beers and new cigarettes and a new drug and a new debt that you can do and new credit cards and buy this and pay later and uh, you know all these things the world around you the cosmos system wants God's people to come out of God's system. And, uh, but we have victory over the world. Say, I have victory. Because 1 John 5 says, and this is what overcomes the world, our faith. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 and verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Now you have victory over the world. The next thing is Satan with all his fallen angels against you. But we have victory over Satan. (laughs) Jesus disarmed him so he's got no arms Jesus defeated him on Calvary he's got no feet he pulled his teeth so he looks like an organ without notes my grandfather didn't have teeth but he could eat millies man it's like a machine when he goes like you know on the corp he goes like, it likes like you just see, it looks like a machine with his gums. Now, Jesus gave us victory over Satan and all his agents. Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, if they can put it up on the screen, that you can see what I share is the truth. Behold, I have given you Authority, say I have authority. And power. So you have two things. To trample upon serpents and scorpions, Lucifer and his demons. And physical and mental strength and ability over all the power, listen, that the enemy possesses. How much power do you have? All. Say, I have the power. So raise your hand, say, I have the power. The Bible says, God's word says, you have the power over all that the enemy possesses. And then we stop reading there. But read the rest. 
and nothing. The word nothing, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, Portuguese, Trana, and Pedi, Fanagalo, Cosa, Hebrew, whatever, Afrikaans, English, and Chinese, joinky, 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 all means nothing shall in any way harm you. Oh. So you have a victory over the world and you have all the power, all the authority over everything Satan possesses. I was a few times nearly assassin. People pulled out guns, put it in front of my head and I can tell you there's power in that name. They poisoned me, that foam came out and uh, I was in an Asian country and they tried to poison me, the communist, many to 1999. And uh, I realized that moment, I only have the name of Jesus in the heart of Seoul, Korea. And uh, when the person opened the window where my bed is and she said, are you dead? I, I mean, are you still alive? And I realized what Jesus said is the truth. <laughs> now, now, you have that power, but there's a third enemy that does you more harm than the world, than Satan, than any demon, than any witch doctor, than any Satanist, and that is the battle you fight within you. Us, you and I, have done ourselves more harm than anything else could in the world. Now last week we look at the seven destructive enemies and I'm just going to mention them because this morning I'm going to give you the antidote to that enemy. Don't think because Satan know that scripture. God gave you authority, dominion, jurisdiction. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants, he wants you to be a world shaker, a planet shaker, an atmosphere changer, a world changer. Satan knows your ability, your capacity. And don't think he's going to sit with his arms and say, Kumbaya, my love, kumbaya. He has something in mind. He works with the speed of a thought. He knows if he can. Ephesians chapter 6 says, he says, and he, sh he shoot <laughs> fiery missiles, says the Amplified, in your thought life. To do what? To poison yourself. He understands scripture. As a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. That's why the gospel changed my heart. And changed my mind. To see me as my father sees me. Come on. Not the world, not your neighbor, not your boss, not the government, not, not, not whoever, but that you can see yourself 
as God sees you. And the seven destructive weapons that the enemy used, number one, is shame and guilt. He wants you to park in the past of mishaps of 20 years ago this happened. And some people remember things you did before Christ. Well, God doesn't even think about it. If you say, God, I did 25 years ago that, but you have actually confessed it. The Lord said, what are you talking about? There's no record in eternity of what you're telling me now. Shame and guilt and condemnation will be a powerful weapon against you. It will cripple you. It will put you where you are, 12 cylinders, to run on two cylinders. And that's why you shake. If anything runs out of full capacity, it shakes. The second destructive weapon is uncontrollable thoughts. Your mind is running all over. Especially three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock, what you face that day and what you're looking going to happen tomorrow, it's actually a mole's hip, but it looks like Mount Everest because of thoughts. The third thing is impulses, habits, lust after money and fame and oh my word and pride and arrogance and uh, that impulses that chase people. I want to be, people need to recognize me. Oh, they need to know who I am. And, uh, somebody asked me the other day, are you the man, I was in clicks, uh, who preach on television and do this broadcasting? I said, uh, you think so? I said, well, it doesn't look like you. I said, no, it's not me. Because who I am is not important. It's who he is in me. The fourth one is fear. Fear. Put your whole life in reverse gear. The fifth one is hopelessness. That's where a lot of people are in a prison of hopelessness. Because your mind is bombarded covered and, 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 and deaths and sicknesses and financial battles and my word. And people make remarks about you and you become hopeless. Now, everything that I'm sharing here, I had that experiences in my life. So I know what I'm talking about. And then the sixth one is bitterness. When your anger, when you don't deal with it, if you go and sleep angry tonight and you start feeding and it develops in bitterness. He did that, she did that, they did that, he did you harm. Stop bitterness. Because when you're in bitterness, God can never answer your 
prayers. Mark chapter 11, when you pray, forgive so that you can be forgiven. The disciples said, teach us to pray. And Jesus taught them, they are, Father, forgive me my sins or my debt as I forgive my debtors. If I keep a special, there's a special against me. You'll be amazed how many people, they speak in tongues. Somebody asked me in Afrikaans, Praat jy ook in tonge? Is nou tale. Because they read in English tongues, so they say, Tonga. So, yeah, I speak in Tonga. I can speak four languages. I speak Afrikaans. I speak English. I speak tongues. And I can speak nonsense. So, what you need to. And the seventh one is insecurity. Now, they, they did a research amongst university students and Bible students, and they say, if you had one choice to choose one chapter in the Bible and they drop you an island, what will be the chapter B? And 95% said, percent says Romans chapter 8. Because Romans chapter 7 describe what I've just mentioned, these seven things where Paul says, oh, I'm the rich man and, and, and what I want to do good, I do bad and all these things. But Romans chapter 8 has the antidote for you and me to be the powerful men and women of God that can change the world. Do you hear what I said? That can change the world. God doesn't only have a crime from Brackenfell, Durbanville, Western Cape <laughs> plan for your life. He said, I've called you for the nations. And there's nations in this building this morning. Now, when Paul comes in Romans chapter number eight, and he said, my word, the antidote to your shame is this, that I need to remind myself daily what Jesus did for me. I need to arm my thoughts. Satan, no. God has in store that you will do the works that Jesus did and you're going to do greater works, John chapter 14, 12. If they can put that on the screen, and maybe you have never read the scripture, but it's going to help you. You're not just a Mickey Mouse. You are bought with a price. My word, I assure you most solemnly, tell you if anyone steadfastly believes in me, not believe in his emotions or in his feelings. You see, that's Satan's trap to shoot that fiery dart. But believe in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. Jesus speaking. If you read out of a King James, it's in red. It means it's serious. He says, and he will do even what are you destined for? For 
say greater, greater things than these because I go to the Father. Satan knows that. Every demon knows that. And he will try to hinder you to do the works of Jesus and greater works by bringing these seven destructive weapons. So here Paul comes and and he tells me in Romans chapter 8 from verse 1 to 4, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. How many condemnation is there? How many shame is there? No, none, nothing. Zultz. No condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us. That's why you cannot just say, I'm a Christian. My parents were born. I was born in a house where there was ministry. I'm born out of a generation of Dutch Reformed Germanies. I was the first odd one of the whole the toy clan that became a happy clappy. And of course, they were not happy with Gustav Happy Clappy. They, my grandmother called me and said, from today on, you're no longer part of this Detoy family. She said, I don't recognize you. You will not be recognized. And it's a done deal. Because your grandfather, he was a Dominic, she said, he turns around in his grave on the road. You know, I'm quite witty. And I said, grandmother, that's okay. I don't worry. I'm in a new family. I said, now my grandfather is turning around in the right direction because I'm in the right direction. She said, get out of here. You're no longer a part of this family. And she said, yes, a hot not. I said, yeah, you know, I'm not white. That's okay. I don't care, you know. doesn't bother. If I'm in America, I say, you're from Africa. Yes, why aren't you black? I said, I am. They put me in jig. They paint me with PVA, you know. Because I didn't understand all these things. I never understood racism and all this stuff because I don't see people. I love people. I love people. I love people. You see, so I had to learn that the law of Moses, my grandmother died in 1983. She called me to Suteros over to his old age home and she said, let me to the Lord, please. And pray for all my children that are lost. So I had the honor to lead her to the Lord the same one who rejected me out of the family. And uh, that's a phenomenal story. Now, people think, well, I'm in a religious family, and now I'm saved, and our children were born. My children were born heathen. They had to work on their own testimony. But they serve God with my grandchildren. Now, if I bring a pig here this morning, and I show you a pig, you never knew I am a movie star. They used me in the movie Babe. Okay, some of you will get it later. So if I bring a pig in here this morning and I say, 
What do I have? You're going to say, a pig, a fark, glube. But I took that pig to the car wash. They to Elroy's car wash, and they wash the pig. And we dress up the pig and put Fufu Joyce on him. That's Calvin Klein or Ice and Fire. And we oil off lay his face, the pig of the her, she, because we're going to put lipstick on, otherwise it's a drag. And we put lipstick on the pig and red lipstick and put a bow on and put a, a tutu. You know what's a tutu? Not tutu. You know, a, 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 a thing that they, the girls ballet, ballet in? No? And uh, I bring the pig in here. Eyebrows done. Makeup on. Even did the fringe with the hair. And I show you the pig. And I say, what is this? You're not going to say, looks like my mother-in-law when she was younger. No, you're going to say, it's a pig. Because a pig stays a pig. The transformation happened. The law of Moses couldn't do it. Because of our sinful nature. There's two natures that you fight with. The sinful human nature and God's nature. Because he says, but God put you in effect a different plan to save us. A different plan to save us. Not the law of Moses. He sent his own son. This was the plan. In a human body like ours. Except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us. Say sin doesn't rule over me anymore. By giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins, he did this so the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us who not no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Isn't that phenomenal? In other words, with this scripture, of Romans chapter 8 of what Jesus did, I must remind myself daily, continually, what Jesus did for me. And what he did for me is so unique. The church couldn't save me. Mother Mary couldn't save me. It cost the blood of Jesus, the living Christ, to make me a new creature. Hallelujah! That he gave me the ministry of reconciliation and I became an ambassador, Christ's personal representative. The second antidote to your uh, mind and uncontrolled thought life is I must renew my mind with the word. Information doesn't change me. It's application of the information. Paul addressed the church in Rome, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, and it says, 
present yourself. You must do it. God, will you take me? God said, I want to, but you don't want to because you fight when I want to. He says, present, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. People say, why don't you do it? I don't want to do it, the child. But before I get it, it must be the devil who did it. No! You did it! You must present yourself as a living sacrifice. All your members. That's why when it comes to giving, it's even to give because my hands belong to the Lord. Clap my hands. Oh, my word. I can raise my hands. I can stamp my feet. I have the, my feet can walk and preach the gospel because I present myself. I said this morning when I woke up, Anzal said, did daddy sleep well? I said, I don't ask Gustav how we feel. I tell him how we feel. Because the easiest thing is to spend time with Sister Duvet and Brother Pillow in the bed. But I had to shake Sister Duvet off and say, Gustav, here before six this morning, get up. My flesh said, no, I don't want to. Still early. Doze in for five minutes. And then I said, Gustav, will you listen to me? I'm going to drag you and put you under a cold shower if you're not getting up now. That's the quickest my body jumped out of the bed. I said, that's right. Now I have them, <laughs> the medicine. Listen, he says, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is just your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Turn to somebody, say, thank God you're not stupid. Because you hear. Verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world. I came out of the 60s, out of the Pentecostals. We thought it's no makeup, big hair buns. Men wear railway shoes with black suits, white shirt. We were not allowed to wear any color shirts. And then that glasses that it looks like nerd on vacation. It's now back in fashion. And brill cream. You know, you're out of the ductile area we came. And I mean, I have stovepipes. I know about that time, stovepipes and. I was in the time with the, I nearly said belly bottoms, bell bottoms also. And we thought that is what make us holy. My children's mother had a bun bigger than a Vespa scooter spare wheel. And I know a lot of people, that's the gears with the beehives, double trouble. You have a beehive plus a hat. A beehive plus a mantilla. 
I remember I go to pray for people and in their living room and they don't have hats, then she takes the tissue. And I thought, I can see where that tissue came out, but she must cover her head. We thought that was the thing. No! With all that, we were bitter, angry, gossip. Uh, you hug somebody, say I love you, but you want to drop a wet tea bag that that person will slip and break his neck. Help me, somebody. That's how it was. But here Paul comes with the antidote of that thought life. He says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external thing. Now, the age we live in, people don't believe we go to church anymore. We don't belong to a church anymore. We are the church. We don't pray anymore because we are prayer. We don't worship anymore because we are worship. And they have all these garbage. And the church became weak and powerless instead of powerful. This is the instruction. He says, to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, change, change. Somebody say change. Most of us in this building hate change. We don't like change. Change always brings advancement. It lets you grow. Be changed how? He says, by its renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, new ideals and new attitude, so that you may prove, you may know, you may be sure, I know that I know that I know that I know what is God's will. A lot of people tell me, Said, Pastor, I'm fasting, I'm praying. You're not going to see me in church for the next month. I'm in a 40-day fast. And I think, oh, yeah. He said, because I want to know what's the will of God. I've tried to help one person. I said, you don't need to fast and pray to know the will. I can help you quickly with one scripture. Romans chapter 2, verse uh, 12, verse 2. No, but this is my custom. The culture I came out said, you carry on with your culture. There's another person. He changed his mind and changed his life by knowing the good, the acceptable, and the perfect. That's all what God has in store for you. The good, the perfect, and the acceptable will of God. Even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. This is what God wants you to live to his perspective, to see his plan for your life. So for me to get rid of my thoughts that's running around, I have seen people, any double-hearted person, the Bible says is unstable in all his ways. The people come to me and say, God sent me here for a season. Ooh, a knipe oralster. A knipe. A knipe. A I mean my eyes. I, I, I. Because if you say season, I know what's going to come in the next two weeks. God has just changed his mind. God has now decided this. Man came to me. He said, the Lord said, I must give you a million. 
if you can do that, 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 I thought, oh, buddy, I'm the last person. I'm not for sale. I don't preach for money. I don't, uh, I need money, but I don't need money. I am not for sale. And uh, so another pastor phoned me. He said, so-and-so is now in our church. And he said, God is angry with you. The million he was supposed to give you, he must give it to me now, to him now. He said, do you think he has a million? I said, he doesn't even have a bicycle. I said, where is he going to get the million? I said, he borrows toilet paper. I said, somebody with, to- with a million can buy a toilet paper factory. I said, cuckoo. You know, the 12 o'clock little birdie that comes out of the clock. Cuckoo. And a lot of people think this is how it's done. We must stop being busy with penny baloney. Because that keeps God's kingdom inactive. You have a heavenly culture. The clashes between light and darkness to cultures. The natural, the world, controlled by demonic forces. And God's culture must manifest. Let thy kingdom come. Hell, as it is in heaven, let it manifest on earth. That's why God only have a good, acceptable, perfect will. God sees you as a mean fighting machine. He sees you as somebody that can raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. They will poison you. Nothing will happen. He sees you as somebody speaking in tongues. Come on. The Bible says, and you will speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. The Bible declares that the works Jesus did, you will do them also in greater works. And because the enemy knows it, he said, what? I will try something. You're happy. You're excited in the service, watching there. And you walk out of the door and somebody step on your ingrow toenail. And you grab that foot and you start speaking in tongues you haven't said in a long time. You say your 50 cent, your five bob. Now you'll get the translation later on. Your thunder and lightning. Because the enemy wants your mind not to focus on God's stuff that carries eternal value. What you're going through right now, not because of sin, not because of you're a bad person. You go through because the enemy is fighting you. Generous givers are the people that's under the greatest attack since last year. Because Satan wants the kingdom, the church poor. A drunk person goes to the bar and how drunk he gets. He said, it's all on me. But when we come to church and you say, I better hold on to this. That's why we need to be drunk in the spirit that we can get outside this natural way of thinking. Because, listen, renew your mind. Say, renew your mind. Because he says, he says there in 
Romans 8, 5, 6, NIV. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. What that nature desires. You say, I'm going now to diet. And then you pass limnos. And you see a donut. A chocolate eclair. A custard slice. And you stand on that. You see, most South Africans, their noses are not like this because of born. It's of window shopping. You push your nose against that window and you stare at that donut and that custard slice. And then you phone your wife. You say, please tell them nose to close their doors. I cannot stand Everything in the shelf that's waving at me. Do we do that? See, what the Bible says is just turn your face away and walk away from the thing. That's how easy it is. You sit there with the remote and you channel and then you see somebody, something, a life story, a love story. And I think they ran out the, the clothes shrink in the tumble dryer. That's why they look so little dressed. And you say, somebody please just come and take this remote control of my hand and change the channel. But the, there's nobody in the house. The dog looks at you and the cat sits. All what you need to do is Press the button or switch the rubbish thing off. This is what Paul says. He says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what the nature desire. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, Holy Spirit, have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled Controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. There's an old mindset and there's a new mindset. And God wants you, the old mindset, just operate in death. I'm going to die. Oh, the neighbors next door have covered. So oh, death is on my door. I'm going to take garbage bags and... And, and stick them to the door and the f windows. And I'm going to have some sanitizer there or a bottle pure of vodka to spray them if they come close to me. And all what you think is death. Pessimists and optimists live on a farm, on a dairy farm. And they end up in the cream container. And pessimists said, oh, it's done with us. Because the moment when the farmer puts the lid on this container, pessimists said, we're going to drown. It's over. And look, 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 he drowned. Optimists said, what? As long as there's life in me, I'm not going to die. The next morning, they opened the cream container 
And there a frog was sitting on a pile of butter. He started kicking and kicking and kicking and butter for him. Pessimistic people always see a problem for every solution. Optimistic people see every solution for every problem. Most of the time, it's not a problem we have. It's the solution to the problem that we need to get. But optimistic will take you in dimensions where you've never been. I told the story when Kentucky Fried Parabogies chicken retired at the age of, what was he, 68 or uh, 65. They gave him a check. He couldn't do anything. And uh, he was suicidal, depressed, oppressed, compressed because his mind was all over. And then he got suddenly an idea to borrow some chicken and borrow some spices. And he did, and he starts selling his chicken. Later on, he had businesses going. And at the age of 86, from zero, he had how many billions of dollars worth of one man that could renew his mind with the word of God. There was a hopeless typist. She makes so many mistakes and her boss wants to fire her because she works for this attorney firm. And uh, one day she's a child of God. She went and she came out of her mind of fire and she said, God, give me away. And the Lord took her. She went in her husband's garage. She mixed some fluids. She went back the next day. If she makes a mistake, she took it out, put it on. That's where Tipex comes from, from a woman. And later on, everybody start buying her stuff. 3M heard about her and offered her, I think, three million US dollars for her invention in a garage. <laughs> I said to my secretaries and everybody, and I want to encourage, I said, dream, girl, dream. Dream, brother, dream. You are a person of capacity inside of you. I raised many children in my home, and Tasha had always somebody that she brings home. Dad, it's for the weekend. The weekend becomes six months. I said, where's this children's father? Dad, you know, so if I buy them, I must buy this children. And I walk in the passages of Grotteskir Hospital, and the lady stopped me there, and she said, we have a young man here. He's 20 years of age, or 18, 19, whatever Dirk he was, and he they suspect cancer. He's got no place to go. I said, bring his bags. I took him home. I became like a father to him. Took him when he wants to go, whatever. And uh, Turkey died in our home later on years and with cancer. And uh, I had to do his funeral in the long kloof out of the Dutch Reformed Church where the spook loops from. Where there's a spook loop? Uniondale, and the funeral people didn't pitch up in time, and everybody said, you his father, his body is in the morgue there in the cemetery, you need to prepare him and put him in the coffin, I said, me, I don't touch dead people, I said, son or not son, I said, I don't do this, they said, well, the funeral must start. You're the only person here that can do it. I went in there, pulled him out of the morgue, 
dress him, shave him, comb his hair, put him in the coffin. And out of that, I start a funeral homes that later on, I borrowed 35 rand for a phone to be put in Durban, Rodian, Cryfontaine. I borrowed 250 rand to rent a building. And I took coffins out of Grafreinet, solid wood coffins on APRO. And later on, the one business became a second business. I bought out Delport and Lawrence. We had a third business. And I made so much money out of an invention that started with I could see, become better or better. I can ponder on the negative or I can see whatever. My mother was an artist, Elsa Mayer, and some of her art pieces is overseas and hangs in attorney's offices. And she always said, I said, I'm going to paint. She said, you paint. No, you're a preacher. The only thing you can do is preach and carry a Bible. When I turned 50 many years ago, uh, I just start to paint. I develop a technique with a toothpick to paint. I can paint roses with a toothpick and lavender and squatter camps on soap and I did table mountain and on shells and I start painting with a toothpick. Then I said, I'm going to make molds because I'm going to manufacture soap. She said, you cannot make molds. Opa Conrad can only. All what you can do is carry a Bible and preach. So then I start painting. Then I start manufacturing. I have molds. That's the only molds in the whole of the world. It's in my possession of Africa and the big five and, and stuff because I made them. One day I went to my mother's house and I had all this art in a box and all these soaps. And when I came there, she said, Prachtig, beautiful. Where did you buy this? No, mother, I didn't buy it. I painted a Jelich. You lie. All that you can do is carry a Bible and preach. She tried in her innocence to put me in a prison without bars in my mind. I had to prove her wrong. One of my art pieces was sold in the U.S. for a thousand American dollars, and it's the size, 14,000 rand. I have art pieces, start developing painting on plates and do all kinds of stuff, and I do table mountains, and I do now flowers and all kinds of stuff. But I'm not telling you what I can do. I'm telling you, if you allow the limitation in your mind, yesterday after we had this double grave there and after the, the uh, metal and everything, I walked and I looked and I said, thousands of graves in Cryfontaine. I've buried hundreds upon hundreds of people here. How many dreams are lying here that never come to pass? How many books never written? How many songs never composed? How many inventions that never came to pass? How many businesses that never start? Because people think about it, but because their mind play games and it was running all over and they never believe they could do it. 
Romans chapter 8, 7 and 8 says, The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Pastor Siva there at the back gave me a good uh, declaration about uh, what does, and this is the month that we are in, and we speak about surrender. And surrender means, Pastor Siva, quickly, what you gave me. Handing over. Handing over. When I came in this town, they said, this is a graveyard for pastors. You're never going to make it. You'll be a has-been. Now the AWB cut our brake pipes, turned the wheel nuts loose, the driving shaft. They pour sugar in the petrol tank. The mayor called me in. He tried to chuck me out of this town in a week. I can go on and on and on. The Korean mafia was here to took me out. We had a black mayor. I was in America. One of our congregation members is the assistant to the mayor. Lancel phoned me in America, said, Daddy, don't come home. Your name is on this hit list again, and they're going to take you out because I was a threat at that time in the early 90s for the government and for people. And I had to overcome the battles that the enemy tried to smuggle my mind with not to come. We were in a Friday night prayer meeting and Kayla started crying and she said, Opa, please don't go. Something is going to happen with this airplane. And then another lady in this prayer meeting see, and she said, there's trouble. Don't get on this flight to the Amsterdam and from Amsterdam to the U.S. And of course, Gustafa said, what? I'm getting on that airplane. Come hell, high, low water, whatever. I'm in the line to board on cell phone. They called me. They say, Dr. DeToy, there's a call for you. And uh, so when she said, Daddy, please don't get on this airplane. This thing is going to explode. I said, girl, if I don't get on this plane tonight, I'll never fly ever in my life again. Now you can imagine it's an 11-hour flight from here to Amsterdam. It's a midnight flight. That time they bomb, it's after September 11, and uh, I'm in this flight. The fear, my mind, and I think, dear Jesus, how will it be if this thing explodes? And I start praying, Sabarashikata, let me hand the mind of Christ. If I die, then I'm direct with him. I will not even feel it. And I prayed, and go on. We arrived. Sirenses everywhere and five brigades next to the aircraft and police. I thought, what the heck is going on here? Now they speak Dutch. I understand Dutch. And as we exit, the security guy said, there's a bomb on this airplane. <laughs> you see, God was too good for me to run around in my mind to think God cannot do it. What your mind think, what you feed your mind on, 
will depend the direction. That's why people will throw things at you, plant seeds of destruction and doubt. And somebody makes a remark about you and say, you're no good. You're never going to be anything. I had to prove the people wrong by the grace and the mercies of God. It says, because the mind, sinful mind is hostile to God, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. And the principle of replacement is not, listen, to resist something, but it's to replace that old thoughts. You are what the word says you are. You're victorious. You are overcomer. One way the enemy will come, but he will flee seven ways before you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. My word, if God is for you, who or what can be against you? If God is on your side, you are in majority. Come on, church. God is raising up a powerful generation. You cannot let the world dictate your performance. There's work to be done. The devil occupy us, and I use it on the television, I think during the week, is that when cowboys and Indians, the movies, the cowboys are in the wagons with the canvas, and they're in a convoy, and they know the Indians, the red native Indians are there, but the, the Indians, they shoot with bow and arrow. So the cowboys feel they are in the majority with power and strength. But this native American Indians, has worked something out because they're clever. What they do is, they call it, they've got a thunder stick. So they're afraid to come near to the cowboys because it's something they don't know. So what will they do? The Ephesians 6 trick. They took an arrow, put fire on it. And then don't shoot the cowboy. They shoot in the wagon that carries all the wealth and all the, 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 the armor or whatever they have. And the moment when the arrow hits the wagon, instead of the cowboys focus on their enemy, they focus now on the fire. And the Indians just come and shoot them. And take over and even take the thunder sticks. That's Satan's plan. He shoots you with an arrow of sickness, diagnosis, of not having money. The car gives trouble. Somebody stole your battery. The work goes bankrupt. Somebody, uh, you did an investment and hundreds and millions and whatever, and somebody runs away with that. I can tell you stories what the enemy's strategy is. We must discern what is God and what is the enemy. God will never harm you. Job says, what I feared came my way. My mother always had the fear that she would be murdered. Guess how she died? Murdered. She always had a fear of not having money. I do estates. And
man there when I did her estate, I found out her pension a month was 176 rand. She refused to go to Sasa, Kasa, Shabasha, Hababa. And her fears ruled her life. I had to prove my mother wrong by starting doing things outside the box to have the mind of Christ. Can I give you just one? Then we finish. The third enemy is that impulses, that desires. People lust after money. They say, God, if I just can get another wife. Oh, Jesus, that doesn't have so many wrinkles. And she said, Lord, give me a husband with hair and teeth. And the young preacher says, if I can just drive a BMW, a black mid villa, or a new Opel, Opa Pira and Lapa. If I can just live in a nice neighborhood, God wants you to have it. But nothing on the cost of him. He wants you to put him first. Then all these things he can add, BMWs and Mercedes and three-story houses and billions. Trust My prayer through the years was, trust me with millions. And God did. I pray, trust me with billions. God, trust me. I want to help give the stingy Christians. I want to help retired pastors to retire in dignity. I want to help the poor to bring them hope that there is hope in Jesus. You see, but we don't lust after stuff. I, 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 I don't need to, like I said in the beginning, to be famous, and to be important. And people say, oh, we got a newspaper article about you. You run for South Africa for the Olympics with the Olympic torch for Athens. I said, where did you see that young picture of mine? No. Wow. I said, no, it's not wow. It was a statement to run with God's flame and fire from the tip of Africa all over the world. Now, now I'm telling you these things. This is not important to me. I was the guest speaker Friday night at one of the main Pentecostal churches. And I told them, please, no royal treatment. I don't need bodyguards. I don't need to sit in a special chair. I don't need to drink out of a special glass. I can drink water out of a bottle. I can sit in the toilet for all what I care. And I don't need special announcements. I don't need it. I don't need it. Because it's not important to me. And they honor that. They said, where would you like to sit in front with us? I said, no, I'll sit there where Ranzel sits there, third road, fourth road, what road, toilet road, whatever. I don't care. Because I have learned the value of having a desire for God more than anything. So what do I discover out of Romans chapter 8 verse 9? 
But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are now controlled by the Spirit, Holy Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ living in them does not belong to Christ. Now listen. Satan gives ideas and temptations. But the Holy Spirit gives you inspiration and also God's will. We must be led. Do you realize, according to Scripture, not every Christian is a disciple of Jesus? Jesus said, that whose disciples? Only those who does the will of the Father. Did you realize there's a difference between Christian and being a true disciple of Jesus? And people say, I'm a Christian. Okay, are you led by the Spirit? Because creation is waiting. People argue with me and is the vaccine the 666 and do they change your DNA? And Well, I don't care because that's not for me important right now. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, you believe in the blood of Jesus. Let's see what the blood can do for you. Said, oh, you're in for a big surprise. Creation is waiting, Romans 8. And what? The manifestation of the true sons and daughters of God. The fact that somewhere in the translations true comes there tells us this. Billions of Christians, but there's not many true ones. Now, Bible says, who are they? See, the world is waiting about, they don't understand Antichrist and the Pope and 666. And now, if you preach about that, good, God bless you, go on. I have souls to win and sinners to get saved. And that's on the back burner, this mark. The Antichrist is not revealed and he cannot be uncontrolled. You the people that withhold the Antichrist. You the people, as long as the Holy Ghost is in you and on the face of the earth, the Antichrist can do nothing. Oh, here, this I'm sad. Because most people looking for a fire escape. Come, Jesus, take us. Oh, the trumpet is going to sound. If the trumpet sound right now, the church is in trouble. There's billions of people that have never heard about Jesus. We're selfish. I believe Jesus is going to come. I believe the trumpet is. But I'm going to tell you, until the gospel is preached to the outer parts and every part of the world, Jesus cannot come yet. Now, don't try to get theological on me and say, I differ. I just answer the Bible. Satan got us so focused on that, that we lost the passion of Christ to get the sinners into the kingdom. Who are those who are led by the Spirit are the true sons and daughters. Gustav, how do I do it? Present yourself to God every day. God, here am I. Every morning when I get up and this morning again, I said, God, 
You got to do marvelous things today on the planet, on the face of the earth. Please, can I be part of it? Who do you want me to be an encouragement or to impact somebody's life? Because life is this. It's over and done. We have work to be done so that we can populate heaven and plunder hell. You say, well, I cannot win somebody else because my children, my family, let me help you. Start winning other people's children. You will see how God will send people to win your children, your family. Because what you do for God, God has already said, I'm doing it for you. And this morning in this building, if you say, Gustav, this morning I come, I want to present myself to get away from the seven destructive weapons of the enemy out of my mind, out of my life, so that I can do what I must do and need to do for the kingdom of God. If that's you this morning, it's not a once happening that you discover, and I said Friday night, that you after come you lack. Not at a certain age. I mean, you leak. Now I see the young people say, not me, the old people. No, no, I'm not talking about that leak. Paul says, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up in most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. And if you're that person this morning to say, God, it's no longer I that liveth. I want to mean what I sing this day. I give myself away so that you can use me. I present myself to you, O God, as a living sacrifice. My body, soul, my spirit, my everyday living, my car, my house, my false teeth, my weak, my life, my money, my everything. I give it unto you for your glory. Will you do that? To be manifest as God's son and daughter because the world is waiting on somebody to rise up as God's son and daughter that are genuine, that are pure, that are not fakes and plastic and carry the chop made in Taiwan, but live the life, talk the talk, still remember they're human, they can make mistakes, but that by their love, the world will know that we are his disciples. If that's you, stand with me. Father, I thank you this morning for every individual in this building. I thank you, Kuraba Shike Rabaka Sukurumushike. Mingashtabaka turukushikete. If you can pray in the spirit, just start praying. Just start praying. Just start praying in tongues. The Bible says uh, there's uh, seven reasons and twelve reasons why you must pray in the spirit. You pray the perfect will of God. Put the devil on Prozac, on Valiums, on Stolnox, on whatever, by praying in the spirit. And if you cannot pray yet, if you do 
desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost, come to the front right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ, Lord, there are an army this morning in the Western Cape, South Africa, that are standing right now in all the services during this day that said, I present myself as a loving sacrifice unto the Lord Jesus, the loving Christ. Hallelujah. I give myself away this morning that you can use me. Here I am. I command this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. You want to be full, beautiful? Kotarabashika. Says Jean, let's lay hands on this beautiful person. Fill her with your glory. Fill her with your power. Karabashaka. I command this morning that all shame will depart from your mind. You will not live in shame. You will not walk in shame. The past is over. I come against and we say every uncontrolled thought we take thoughts captive and bring them in obedience to Christ. Just lay hands on that family there. Brother Ricardo, the hands of Lord is upon you and your wife and your family. Right now, Rubashaka, you're going to have a touch from God. There it comes, Rubashaka, Talabashaka, Talababando. Every impulse, every carnal desire, every habit that tries to draw you away from God. Now, in the name of Jesus, Pastor Naomi, let's lay hands on her. Almost lay hand over. Let's lay hands. Come, loving. Let's lay hands. Rabba shakata rakashika. Ibarata shakata lakatala. There's another young man. Come and lay hands on him. Marabosh, Brother Leon, come you lay hands, lay hands, lay hands, Batasiva, come. Oh my word, the spirit, oh the spirit of God's moving, the spirit of God's moving, the spirit of God's moving. The battle for that family is over. The battle is over. There's somebody else coming. Kaboro, lay hands, Shibaro, Libara, Shika, Yeka, Oshaka, Tabarakaya Lode. In the mighty name, in the mighty name, in the mighty name. In the mighty name, in the mighty name, breakthrough. I declare breakthrough. I declare you will go higher. In the mighty name of Jesus, the loving Christ this morning. I speak healing and health over your bodies. I speak godly protection against COVID-19. I speak the life of Christ. In the mighty name, in the mighty name, in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Hallelujah! Somebody shout! Give that shout of victory! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I give myself away. He anoints your head with 
of fresh oil. Wherever you are viewing from fresh oil over you, I break every bondage, every clock, every form, every plan of Satan in Jesus' name. We declare freedom, freedom, freedom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Are you blessed? 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 Pastor Marianas also here, all the way from Beaufort West. Oh my word, glad they're here. She's going to close in prayer. And uh, I apologize for not speaking. Nikki died. We, we, we just went through a lot of stuff. And, but we're glad that they're here this morning. Invite every Dick, Tom, Harry, Sue and Sally uh, for tonight. The live broadcast at 6 on Loftal.com. And then also, uh, this coming week and the coming weekend, you will be blessed. God is shifting. Say there's a shifting happening. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you, the future glory of this house, God. I thank you, Lord, that the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, Father God, for what you're about to do. I thank you this morning, God, that your glory is here, that your presence is here, Father, for your word that has gone forth today, that it will bring a transformation. It will bring a change, oh God. It will renew every mindset, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we glorify you this morning. We magnify you for your goodness and your faithfulness, oh God, for what you're about to do, God. You are doing greater, Father. Greater works will we do in the name of Jesus. And we give you glory and we give you praise, oh God. We thank you. We thank you for what you're about to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. And the church shout, Amen.